0: Oh boy, loyal listeners, do I have a treat for you. This is a recording of Benjamin Dennehy, the UK's most hated sales trainer. He was on our mastermind that we had in August. And I decided when I recorded it to take the 40, 45 minutes that he was on and to actually turn it into a podcast for you because you deserve it as a loyal listener. You deserve the greatness, the meat, the juicy, succulent content that's getting ready to flow into your ear enjoy this is agents influence podcast
1: like any business and i'm the same when you first start out you have to prospect your guts out because that's how you build up a business so if you don't know how to prospect you're always going to be a pretty crappy salesperson because prospecting is the only place where you can learn real-time interaction with a human and figure out how to think quickly selling is the art of communication and it's obviously the ability to think quickly on the spot and be have to answer questions in a way that will move the prospect forward so if you can't prospect you're going to be pretty crap when you're in front of someone
0: I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently change your agency change your finances change your family and in the end We're going to change an industry. Let's go. Okay, well, without further ado, as you guys know, this is the UK's uh, uh, most hated sales trainer. I think that that's great. I think, would you still name yourself that today? Because I think everybody loves you, okay?
1: They may have hated you at the beginning, but Benjamin, they love you now. Am I wrong? Uh, it seems so. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do. Some people still hate me. Sales directors hate me. <laughs> sales managers hate me. Uh, uh, but sales people and C- CEOs tend to like me. But it's it's the, the people in the middle that do F all that hate me. Right.
0: You know, Um. I appreciate you joining us again. Always talking. I've watched so many of your videos. I have a 17-year-old son who's been working in the summer in the, in the office. I've had him watch your videos. I think he he thinks you're just more funny than understand the practicality of what you're actually teaching, you okay. know, um, but uh, it, it's it's actually fantastic. And so I appreciate you joining us. More than happy to.
1: I mean, as I said, um, this is a bit of a Q&A session. I'll fire questions at me. I can't guarantee I can answer everything. I'm not an oracle. Some people think I have an answer to everything. No, uh, I don't. But I'm pretty good at figuring most things out. Uh, and again, everything you're going to tell me is always out of context. That is always one of the biggest challenges in the world of sales. We so say, "What would you say if someone said this?" It's like, "Well, I need a bit of context, right?" And so, uh, so I will do my best to help you. I've worked with insurance companies in the past, and we've done a, a lot of great stuff together. Got started teaching them how to sell reviews. At first, they said you couldn't sell reviews; they thought there was a legal issue, but we managed to get around it. So, there are things that can be done to make selling insurance a lot more easier. Uh, and a lot more fun. What so, do you mean selling reviews? What do you mean by that? So what they do is they would contact people. And if you've got a policy, you know, with another brokerage firm, you would say, well, look, you want to get them to assess what they're currently got because a lot of commercial stuff, how do you know your business hasn't changed since you've taken out the policies and that something in it could have invalidated? How do you? Know? Are you 100% certain the policy you have today will pay out? And we'd start off with a question, what's the number one reason, other than insurance company being pricks, that why we don't pay out? What's the number one reason, other than we're being greedy? And everyone got it. They go, wrong policy. You go, that's it. So can I ask you a question, sir? Are you 100% certain at this precise moment in time, the policy you've got, since you took it out, there have been no changes that in any way, could invalidate it? And the answer was, uh, well, no. And that's where we got into the idea, well, we can conduct reviews. And then we started teaching them how to sell the review. So we'd come in, we'd review it, but we do that for a fee. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Okay. When you said reviews, I was thinking
1: Google reviews.
0: No, no, no. Literally
1: review that. Review Yeah. Well, add a charge, and then if you decide to go with us because we can do something better or we fix it, then uh, that obviously comes off what you invested. But it started to increase their close rate and eliminate a lot of kissing frogs because, yeah, it it changed things. It's not easy to do. Uh, It took the CEO about five months to pluck up the courage to do it, but he did it, and he said, I can't believe I've never done this before. It can be done. It's just not easy. I won't be able to teach you how to do that today. It takes a Mm -hmm. bit of time, but... uh, I don't know if you can do that in the US, uh, but um, regulated industry. But yeah, you can't sell proposals, but you can sell reviews. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I've said before
0: that you could be um, a really great prospector and not a very good salesperson, and you can make a lot of money because you just get lucky. But if you're not a good prospector and a good salesman, you may just die out because you don't have anybody to sell to. What would you say to that? you Would you say that that's right or wrong?
1: I mean. Like any business, and I'm the same, when you first start out, you have to prospect your guts out because that's how you build up a business. So if you don't know how to prospect, you're always going to be a pretty crappy salesperson because prospecting is the only place where you can learn real time interaction with a human and figure out how to think quickly. Selling is the art of communication and it's obviously the ability to think quickly on the spot and be able to answer questions in a way that will move the prospect forward. So if you can't prospect, you're going to be pretty crap when you're in front of someone. Now, the other challenge you got though, so yeah, once you build up a business, like I'm up front, I don't do a lot of prospecting for my business now because I spent years building up a brand, a reputation and then delivering what I said. People come to me and that's where you always want to get. That's the whole point of creating. People come to you, they've already pre-qualified. I still have to qualify out. There's a lot of tire kickers. A lot of people just want to talk to me So I just charge people to talk to me now, you know, it eliminates Mm -hmm. 85% of tire kickers. So, um, so if you can't prospect, it doesn't mean you can't be a good salesman, but I think it's a, you're shortcutting it. That's why we created SDRs and account executives. Account executives couldn't be asked phoning. So they created the SDR. Yeah. And, and then the SDR bitches that the account executive doesn't close and the account executive blames the leads. Yeah, so (laughs) why don't you do the job yourself there? Oh, no, I'm too good to prospect nowadays. Yeah, so I still do prospect. I prospect for my clients. I was prospecting literally the other day. I've been recording it. Um, I still do it um, because i got to keep up my skills. But yeah, I don't think if you can prospect, it sets you up to be a good salesman. So here's the thing. You were actually, when you started, your job was to
0: set appointments yeah. for other people to go in and do the sale. Correct. Yeah. Yes. All right. Was, okay, so and then fun. you, the, there was a process of how you went from there to where you sold and then how they looked at you after that first appointment was like, Holy shit, you need to be selling. Can you talk about that? Cause I think that, I think that could be relative to a lot of people.
1: So I worked in the world of advertising and marketing. I didn't know any, so not, 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 not like a um, yellow pages advertising. These are creative marketing, digital agencies. And these people are emotionally needy. This is a beautiful thing about creatives. They're emotionally needy. And they, they just want to be in front of a human being to vomit all over them about how beautifully wonderful and great they are. Um, and the challenge they have is they get in front of people, but they wouldn't sell. So my job was to get them in front of marketing directors, brand directors, brand managers. And that was easy for me. I got meetings with every major brand you can think of, Coke, Pepsi, Nestle, all of those big brands, but they never sold. So I started coming along on the meetings and I would watch them and it's like, well, I don't know how to sell but everything you're doing is wrong. And I said, no, 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 is This is how you do it. It's all about relationships. (laughs) It's all about getting your foot in the door. All the usual crap that people that can't sell say to justify why they're not selling. Now, it takes a good 12 months to warm someone up before they give you money. And that started me on my journey of trying to figure out, well, how do you actually sell? And um, I looked and read a lot of books, looked into the psychology, started doing a lot, practicing things, met up with a sales guru who introduced me to some concepts and thoughts that my thinking. And I said, I'm just going to get good at this. Nothing else in my life. I don't care about anything else. I'm going to focus on this. And that's how I got into it. Um, And my clients would say, you're so good on the phone. Can you teach our guys how to do it? And I used to say, I don't know why I'm good. And they said, well, you need to figure it out because if you can figure it out, you're going to make a lot of money. And that's where you get the natural salesman because people, there are a lot of people who by nature can communicate well, but they don't know why works. So I literally signed up a guy today and he runs a very six, six, successful telecoms company and he said, I'm great. I close, I win business, I don't know to I've hit my sales target for the year. He goes, but I just have one problem. He goes, well, he goes, I don't know why it works. I don't know why what I do. And he goes and I've watched you and I've listened to you and I go, I do that, I do that, I do that. but you 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 can tell me how to make it work. And if you can't repeat things, if you don't have a process that's repeatable and replicable, you're lucky. That's true. That's very, very true. I have to say that. I mean, it works for
0: me, but I, I would have to say the same thing. I don't know why it works. I think a lot of you guys would probably agree to that, right? We just, we just have our way. I think some of us are process driven, but uh, I think a lot
1: of us wing it and do, and do pretty good. So. Well, that's it. I asked the average salesperson, "Why'd you win your last piece of it? Why'd they buy from you?" And now I so, say, "You know, we got the right good pricing. They like me. No, no, no. Seriously, really, why?" And they got that's it. No, 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 no one buys for your reasons. They buy for theirs. Yeah. When was the last time you bought anything? Cause you just like the sales guy. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, I don't need insurance, but he was so nice. I thought bollocks to it. I'll take out another. Policy. <laughs> it doesn't happen, but that's what sales folk tell themselves. Right. So no, they buy for their reasons and their reasons. Unless you understand that you're just lucky a lot of the time or you're an order taker. Everyone needs insurance, right? They've met Mm -hmm. with the other three they didn't like. You came in slightly better and asked a few better questions. And I said, you know what? I can't be asked doing any more of this. All right, let's do it. So if you don't know why you're good at what you do, imagine hiring a lawyer. And you say to the lawyer, so why are you good? He goes, I don't know. (laughs) Juries just like me. I have a wooden personality." Yeah. You go, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere. Or you hire a, you're a surgeon, right? So how come your patients don't die? I don't know. It's luck. I do a lot of these, you know, <laughs> the numbers game. These are professions. Lawyers are professionals, like, you know, and so they can tell you why they're good, but salespeople say they're professional. You say, why are you good? Just my personality. So, right. So it's,
0: it's so it's, true. It's so true. It is. It but is. as you said, they're buying for their reasons. So People, let me ask you, you, you really hit on prospecting a lot and I, I mean, you, you, and you make it simple, right? If none of you guys have seen his videos, he basically says, Hey, this is a sales call. Do you have 30 seconds? And like, everybody like says, yes. And it yeah. always lasts more than 30 seconds. Um, I mean, expound on that because prospecting, I have to say is one of the hardest things for all of us. And once again, we don't even know why we're good.
1: Right. So it comes into a lot of mindset and belief, too. So the average person growing up, I bet you're all taught the same things. You're all from the US. I'm from New Zealand originally. Everyone All of you were taught growing up that it's rude to interrupt, weren't you? Mm. Yeah. And that you should never talk to strangers. So we get taught these things. Were any of you told that none of those rules apply as a grown up? No, so you have what psychiatrists can scripted behaviors you got a little tape running in your head so whenever you go to pick up that phone you find every reason to avoid doing it because in the back of your head your mum's screaming at you you better not
0: interrupt that stranger
1: yeah so you're, you you find all these reasons not to do it and then when you do get on it you actually think you're an interruption so when i pick up the phone i only phone at managing director or ceo level and i know if they have problems, I fix. They should be fucking grateful I'm giving up my time to call them. So my mindset is very different. I'm not an interruption. This is the best call this person's going to take all week. I, I like yeah. that. I have problems, I fix. That's the first thing you've got to have. You've got to have the right mindset. There's nothing a prospect can say to me either that I cannot predict or have prepared for. Literally nothing. I was. I'll get true story. Literally the other day, I was doing some cold calling uh, yesterday. Um, I got through to the CEO of this company. I said, I'll be up front. This is a prospecting call. Do you want to hang up and let me have 30 seconds? And instantly the phone cut out. (laughs) And I thought, well, I'm not having that. So I phoned back and he answered. I couldn't believe it, It right? This guy answered. And I said, I think we got cut off. And he said, no, as soon as I knew it was a sales call, I hung up. I go, "Would you want to hang up now? He goes, well, what are you trying to sell me? And then I said, all I'm trying to do is figure out if you have problems I fix. And you hang up again. So, so, and, and so a lot of people take this. It hurts them. I started laughing. And in that moment, I realized that guy is more pissed off and angry than me. And that makes me happy. Right? But this is the other thing when I'm prospecting. I don't care if you meet someone that's rude or hostile. It means they're having a worse day than you. But when they hear you on the phone, they think, great. I can dump all my shit on this because I found someone who's got a worse day than me. This guy's got a cold call. He's got a shittier life than me. I'm going to dump on him. I just don't know to happen. The reason why I go in with this is a cold call, do you want to hang up? Is when you phone senior decision makers, they hate being told what to do. It's like when you put signs up at the museum, do not touch. What does everybody uh. do? They look around, they just tap it. Yeah, you got to do it. It's just human nature is to rebel against rules. So when you phone up a decision maker and you say, do you want to hang up? They, the gut says, no, don't you tell me what to do. So that's why, yeah, I, I don't get a lot of hang ups. But when I do, I always phone back and say, I think we got cut off because I don't care. He still doesn't even know who I am. He's never got my name or company. I don't care what he says. Yeah. So True. you've got to have the mindset that I'm not an interruption. I am allowed to talk to strangers. Yeah. Oh, and I don't have to answer their questions, by the way. That's the other thing. You've been programmed to answer questions from the moment you were born. Stop it. Hardest thing to do is not answering a question. But how do you do that without sounding like a prick, a politician, or evasive? Tough.
0: So if you don't answer questions, can you elaborate on that? Sorry? Can you elaborate on the fact that we don't answer questions?
1: All right, so I just gave an example there. I'm not deaf, but you see how easy it is to get someone to repeat themselves. You ask me a question, I just go deaf. Sorry. And then you repeat yourself. All these little things. these are all little things, right? Ah, you little son of a bitch. Yeah, you see, no one sees it. I can walk around with a sign saying, I'm doing it to you now, and you wouldn't spot me doing it. You go, what's the badge mean? I go, what badge? Yeah? And you'd answer, you go, the one on your shirt. I go, oh, I didn't know I had it. What do you think it means? I don't know. I've just read it. Yeah? You see, I'm still asking you questions, so I never have to answer one. So if I'm in front of a prospect, they say, "So Benjamin, where are your base? I go, what do you mean? See, and people say, you, you can't say that in the real world. You can, because they were programmed to answer a question. So the moment they hear it, they just, without thinking, answer. They go, well, we want to work with someone local. I go, okay, well, now that makes it. Sorry, when you, mean, when you say local, what do you mean by local? Because he he could mean the East Coast of America or he could literally mean the city of New York. I don't know (laughs) what he means by local. So I said, well, what do you mean by local? You know, are you an insurance salesman? What do you mean? No one ever says, are you an insurance salesman again? What they say is, well, I'm looking for an insurance policy. Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everything I do is the art. I've got to get them to tell me what's going on. And you can't do that by answering questions. You can only do it by asking, but it's a real hard skill to master. It's called Socratic questioning. Answer a question with a question. Like Socrates, obviously. Socrates created it. How did he get his students to figure out philosophy? They'd ask him a question. He'd ask them one back. Forces you. You can't convince anyone of anything, but you can get them to discover for themselves why they should have something.
0: Oh shit, that's good. You know,
1: selling isn't the art of convincing or persuasion. It's the art of discovery. If I get you to realize that you don't have a policy that's gonna cover you, and you come to that conclusion yourself, what are the chances of you not buying? But if I tell you it looks like your policy's not working and I haven't got you there, they will say, Well, of course you're gonna say that. You're a bloody insurance salesman.
0: Yeah, and I've had people say that to me before. So yeah, that's uh I like oh. that.
1: Yeah. I, when, when someone phones me up and says, you know, why should we use you? I go, you probably shouldn't. That shuts them up, right? Because they're not expecting that. The other thing you don't want to do is ever justify and defend anything. Because the moment you justify and defend anything, what do you sound like to the person on the receiving end? A dodgy, slimy, sleazy salesman. Mm. Yeah? yeah, justify, justify. and defend. So someone says, well, why are you so expensive? And you well well, because we offer and then you start and then you say, Well, that's what every other bloody salesman said when I had them in front of me. So you don't answer it. First of all, because I'm listening, did they say they can't afford me or they won't buy? No. No, all they said was you're expensive, right? So why am I justifying and defending anything? I haven't even established that they can't afford me yet, or they don't want to buy me. They're just making an observation. So mm-hmm. I go, so when you say interesting, I go, um, Can you think of any reason why we're able to charge what we do? I mean, I'm going to answer, but can you think of any reason why we charge what we do? Now, the first answer to this question is always the same I don't know, because that's the default position, because I've not thought of the. Yeah. So they always go, I don't know. I go, no, that's fine. That's what most people say. Well, look, all of our clients knew they could go down the road and find a premium cheaper. But despite that, they still chose to go with us. Why do you think they did that? No, better. Why would you do it if you had to? And right now Mm. they'll say, I know you got better policies. That's it. Now they can't argue with it because they said it. It's
0: true. I like that. I We're like that. It.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never aren't. An objection is like a psychological problem, it belongs to the prospect. Therefore, they're the only ones competent enough to deal with it. I'm not a salesman, I'm a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. My job Mm -hmm. is to help them navigate their own problem. It's not my objection, so I won't deal with it. You deal with it. It's your problem.
0: Wow. Anybody have any questions here? Uh, Please throw them in there, no matter what they are. Let's be interactive. Um, Some of the things maybe you had, or you may had notes on anything, Benjamin specifically. You wanted to mention that we haven't already.
1: No, you know me. I could talk for days, so that's Mm -hmm. why I need you guys to uh, uh, fire some stuff at me. Uh, Yeah, because. I don't know what you want to talk about. So yeah, I've done a bit of, talk. we've been talking about for like 10 minutes. So yeah, fire anything at me, as long as it's not where a baby's from. Or who's what, <laughs> uh, what, what is, what is
0: um, something, a number one thing that you see consistently whenever, cause that's going to affect us. You go from sales organization to sales organization, maybe it's industry to industry and you see some of the same things every organization is doing. What are some of those things?
1: The number one thing, and and it pisses me off, but it's, it's good it exists because I wouldn't have a job if it didn't. But the number <laughs> one thing is, salespeople are inherently needy. Yeah, they are. They are. You most of people that fall into sales or get into sales have what we call like an influencer personality type, and these are people that love to be the center of attention. These are people, they write on their CV. I love meeting new people. oh my god you know i mean that's the last person you should hire for a sales job you know you know become a social worker yeah don't Coming to sales, you know, I love meeting people. You're, you're just hiring a professional visitor. So what you find is most salespeople love to get in front of it and they think it's all the art of persuasion and wowing people and winning them over and getting them to like you. And they're very driven by getting people to like them. And they're happy not to sell so long as they left the meeting and everyone felt good at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So the, and if you listen to them on the phone, listen to their language, is it okay? May I just, sorry to bother you. Is it just, they're constantly putting the prospect higher up than them and then lower. And they feel that they have to deal with every question confidently, assuredly give the prospect, the answer that they want to look smart. But the whole time they're actually quite needy. They're quite childlike almost. And it's frustrating because they don't see it until you point it out and you get them to listen to themselves. And Mm -hmm. it's, you don't sound like someone that I would want to do business with, or you don't realize how much you're putting me on a pedestal. And they're scared wow. to challenge, scared to challenge, scared to ask awkward questions. Mm-hmm.
0: I would what? say my skills have not gotten better as i become a salesperson. I think many of you probably feel this way. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but my confidence level. Like I, I, and so it goes to what you're saying. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to get a job done. I've seen the end. I can help
1: you. Are you willing to listen or not? Cause I got to go on to somebody else. Well, um, what you said, uh, yeah. Your beliefs have changed about who you are in your role. So often one of the first things that comes out of a CEO's mouth to me is look, Benjamin, my guys need a bit more confidence. I listen to them on the phones. You see them in meetings, they just think, And I always challenge that. I go, are you sure it's confidence? And I go, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I go, so if I was to take any one of your guys down to the pub with me, are you telling me they'd struggle to strike up a conversation with someone at the bar? And they all go, well, no. I guess so they don't have a confidence problem there, do they? It's true. And they go, no, you're right. It's a belief problem. It's I don't believe I have the right to talk to my prospect as my equal because you constantly see them as the cash cow. And when you think the man with the gold makes the rules, you're always going to let them be in control. And salespeople always hand over their control to prospects. They're often reacting rather than responding. If a prospect says, I need to think it over, they say, that's fine. Why? Because that's exactly how they were raised to buy. Your mum told you to sleep on it and think on it, didn't she? Yeah? Did she tell you that stupid advice when you grow up and get a job in sales? No. So it's a quote, it's a belief.
0: Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers, and I said to him, dude. Blake, Jake, I hope you're hearing this. I want to talk to, and and Greg says that he has no problem talking to people at the pub. Uh, Greg, hey, I want to talk about, when we talk about talking with the uh, main decision maker, right? We talk about that a lot. Let's back up to what Cameron brings up here. Thank you very much, Cameron. Anybody else bring stuff up like this? What about the gatekeeper, Benjamin? I mean, that, that in itself is... I, me personally, I think it's a little bit easier than in the past, especially if you're a niche product, maybe some different things like that. But overall, how do we get past the gatekeeper? What are some mental thoughts we should be thinking to change uh, our perception?
1: You're not, not going to like it. But first of all, I don't know what Americans complain about, because whenever I phone in America, it's like they just wave you through. Gatekeepers in the UK are absolute bastards, right? I mean, you guys have got it so easy. I couldn't believe when I was phoning into the US, can I speak with Barry? And they just put you through and something like that. <laughs> This, oh gosh, that's easy. But yes, we do experience gatekeepers. So this is it. And you're not gonna, a lot of people don't like this, but I'm I'm an actor. When I'm on the phone, I play a character. And if I'm phoning at CEO level and I wanna get through to a CEO or an owner of a business, I have to sound like the person I'm trying to get a hold of. Because a gatekeeper has two functions. Always put through the right call, never put through the wrong call. How do they know you're the right call? By the way you sound and how you act on the phone. So if you phone up and you say, hi, can I please speak with Mr. Smith? No, uh-uh. you don't sound like you belong. So you have to sound like you belong. And I'll, I'll give you the, the technique, but it's really uncomfortable uh i when i first started doing it, i found it awkward but now i don't know how, i do it to my wife now i don't know how any other way to talk to people on the phone it's become my habit uh, as soon as the gatekeeper answers oh, there's no hello there's no hi there's none of this it's very assertively but not rudely i just simply put chris is in the office this afternoon is he and as soon as i answer i cut them off because i can hear again if they go yeah great son of it's benjamin thanks and then they come back with, well, will he, will he know what it's about? I go, he better. <laughs> and I get put through most of the time. Because no <laughs> one wants to get in the middle of that. But I say, but if you phone up and go, can I speak to Chris? Well, who are you calling? It's, it, tell him it's Richard. Well, what's the caller? And then you get stuck in answering their questions. I won't answer their questions. Yeah, so it's very, very quickly. If someone does, if someone sees me, where are you calling from? I always say my city, I say Bournemouth, where else? <laughs> I always sound slightly frustrated, slightly annoyed, like people at the top tend to sound, you know, slightly clipped. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. It's true what though. Like? What do they sound? They always sound slightly pissed off. So you've got to sound slightly pissed off. Yeah, don't say, put me through, put me through is rude. Put me through, Will or not? Put me through to Benjamin. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna activate the person's inner rebellious child, who's gonna say, "Fuck you!" (laughs) Yes, you you can't do that to someone. So what you do is you go, "Benjamin's not in." It's a question. They can only say yes, no, he's in a meeting, he's dead, or he's left the company. Those are the five responses you get, (laughs) right? Yeah, and the the, he's dead or he's left the company is the one that throws most prospects because they know they're busted almost, right? So if somebody says he's left the company, I instantly go, get the hell out of here. How long ago was that? And they go, three years ago. There's no way it's been three years since I spoke with him. So, and they go, well, it must be, sir. Yeah, because I go, well, assuming Brian, I make up a name. I go, well, I guess Brian's taken over then. And they always correct you. People have to correct you. I said, no, 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 no. He was taken over by Richard Wilson. No, Smith. Why did I say Wilson? I don't know. Put me through to Richard. Tell him it's Benjamin. (laughs) This is an app. It's very tiring. So when I I would do process, I could only do this for like 90 minutes because it's quite draining because I'm not that guy. But for five seconds, I can sound like the guy I'm trying to get a hold of. What's this? What about people who are interested but want to wait? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What
0: do you get them to take? How do you get them to take action now? How do you get somebody to express urgency? Oh, so, so this is at a
1: sales meeting, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. What are the people? What so you're it? talking to somebody and they said, no, I just want to think about it. How do we close them? How do we get them to take how action? Easy.
1: You get treated the way you deserve to be treated. So the simplest way of not getting think it over is you tell your prospect they can't give you a think it over. Do you know how easy that is? I do it all the time. At the beginning of a meeting, i go, look, and if we don't say no to each other, we'll agree a next step. And they say, sure. I go, what I don't want to do is get to the end of this meeting and you say to me, I need to actually, no better.'" and then before I even finish it, I stop myself and I go, can I ask you a question? What does a thinking it over in your world mean nine out of 10 times? And what does everybody say? It means no. I go, so can we not do that? If you want to think it over, just tell me no. Ah, that's good. To think it over. I get a lot more no's. Yeah, right. but I don't want to think it over. I- I'm either moving forwards or I'm moving on. Because trust me, the only person thinking it over is the salesman thinking. I wonder if they're thinking it over. Yeah, no one has ever forgotten to buy from you. Let's put it like that.
0: Oh man, yeah, that's I I uh, I like that. I like that. Anybody me. else? I'd, I'd rather you're right, Vonda. I'd rather have a quicker oh. no. I mean, I just let's get you. it over.
1: Our job is to disqualify, not qualify. And that's one of the most people focus on qualify, qualify. No, 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 no. There are more reasons for you not to give me money than there are for you to give me money. So I'm going to go through the reasons why you can't. In fact, I tell people the three reasons they're not going to buy from me, even if they want to. And then they argue with me why I'm wrong. It's like they don't see this, but this, they just, it's just unbelievable. And they argue with me that I am wrong. It's like, yeah, I'm just helping you get out of this. Well, you're, I, I had a CEO once literally say to me, None of those will be a problem. I said, are you sure? He goes, yes. I go, it's a lot of money. He goes, no, it's not. He said it, not me. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I said, well, what about your people quitting? He goes, I'm a recruitment company. I don't care. I go, touche. That's a good answer. <laughs> And then I said, well, you've thrown me because I was expecting you to kick me out about now. He goes, well, you're not. And it's like he feels he's in control, but I've completely choreographed it, right? I walked out with an order Mm -hmm. because I was in control. Selling is about being in control. Most salespeople give it away because they think the man with the money makes the rules. Money is useless if no one will take it. And if it's amazing how prospects suddenly their spine straightens the moment they think you won't sell them something because now their money has no power. That's the only thing they had going for them. They got the problem. They got the pain. They got all the, the only thing you, the only thing they had over you was money. then you come to, I don't need your money. I'm fine. Do you know how much money the insurance industry makes? We're recession proof. Did you not know that? I don't need your money. I'm fine question for me is should I sell you a policy <laughs> you got a oh, mindset
0: opening line for cold call I you you may have mentioned one is that the same all the time Cameron wants to know give a few so, options There
1: yeah, are several you can use um so I I've I worked with one of the with the biggest currency trading firm in the UK Britain's big on financial services and they love it's a currency traders... massive industry. So there's a huge one in London and (laughs) any financial officer in the United Kingdom if anyone phones them, the first thing out of their mouth is is this about currency? It literally is it's just a so it's a real struggle for people in the currency sector. So I was in there and uh, if you think pressure is you sitting at home prospecting, you imagine sitting in a room with 50 currency traders and the CEO watching you make cold calls. yeah no, so uh, I I understand pressure right and of course people half of them want you to fail. Because if it fails, then they don't have to change. And the other half want you to win because no one wants to see you completely crash and burn. So they have mixed feelings. And all of them said to me, they're all going to say, is this about currency? Is this about currency? I, I want to say, so I said, fine, don't worry about it. It's going to be easy. So all I did, and of course they chose the prospect. So of course, what do you do when you get to choose the prospect for the sales trainer? You pick every asshole that you could think of <laughs> and you give them to me. And uh, I got through to a chief financial officer and he goes, hello. I'll be upfront. If I told you this was a sales call, would you hang up? Because it depends. Is it about currency? I said, if it was, would a little piece of you die? And every one of them said, oh, yes. Now, rather than go in and spiel, I, I just go in with a very soft question. If I can get a person to vent, I can win. And I go, look, before you hang up then, can I ask one quick question? He goes, sure. I go, why does everybody say that? And then every single one that I did that went, do you know how many calls I get from guys like you? I mean, it's nonstop. It doesn't matter what you tell them. It doesn't matter how, blah, blah. And after, you know, 30 seconds of vomiting his vitriol on me, I say that does sound frustrating. He goes, yeah, it is. I go, well, look. If the next 30 seconds are different, will you hear me out or do you still want to hang up? And every one of them said, well, I'll tell you what, you already sound quite different. I hear you out. Didn't mean I got anywhere, right? But And everyone said, no one was really rude to you. No one was horrible. No, I didn't phone up and sound like a currency trader. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a good line, you could do that if I told you this was about insurance when a little piece of you die because no one likes talking about insurance. It sucks, right? So at least right. it, it breaks it. You could go in with, um, I'll be up front. This is a sales school. Do you want to hang up or let me have 30 seconds? That's a very good one. That works quite well at decision maker level. So it's called a patent interrupt. But for the love of God, do not phone up to so say, hi, it's Benjamin from ABC Insurance Company. How are you today? Yeah? Now, we do that because that's how we were trained to use the phone by mum and dad. And it's polite. I don't introduce myself to anyone on the phone. And most people don't even get my name until they've booked a meeting with me because no one cares about me. This is also what you've got to remember. Nobody cares about you. For some reason, salespeople think they're important and memorable. You're not. You're like a poo stick. You know what a poo stick is? <laughs> what is that? Winnie the Pooh had a game where they throw a stick in the river and watch it float under the bridge. That's you. Once they <laughs> throw you, once, that's it. You are gone. You, you you, have not, literally, you are not important. And once you understand you're not important in this whole process, selling becomes so much easier. I am merely a channel by which you're going to fix your problem. So I have no dog in this fight, sir. That really important. Sense. What are three reasons people won't buy from you? Well, one, I say, I, say, I say, one, it's going to be fucking expensive. So always go in. Look, the first thing I would say, if I'd, say, I'd be upfront with you, we are not going to be the cheapest premium. In fact, I know for a fact you'll be able to find insurance brokers that will be able to do this cheapest. That's the first reason you may choose not to buy. The second reason is, and then you, my set mine would be, my second reason is, do you know how much time it's going to take to get good at what I teach? I said, this isn't a two-day workshop. I said, this is going to take ages. We're looking at six to 12 months with me. I go, and that sucks. And I go, and thirdly, and I go, and this is the, this is the kicker. I said, some, maybe a lot of you guys are going to quit because they're not going to do what I teach because it's going to hurt them too. Because remember, the only reason they're here is because I can't find any other job. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they don't want to get good at this. They're just waiting for their lotto numbers to come up. So the moment I try and get them to change, they're going to figure out a way to get out of this. I go, so are any of those going to be a reason, even if you want to work with me, why we can't? And then and then now, if we're going to fight about money, we're going to do it in the first five minutes of the meeting, not at the end when they can bail. You see, prospects leave the uncomfortable bit to the end because then they can say, well, look, I've really got to go. This meeting's going on. So you deal with it at the beginning. I front load all the awkward stuff. Mm-hmm. And if someone sees to me... Yeah, that's, that's, that's more than we were. Yeah. That's a lot more than I had uh, actually envisaged. I go, I know. So what do you want to do? Do you want to end the meeting? But they stood on you. now they like, what? Right. Well, I'm not saying we couldn't find the money. I go, well, it sounds to me like you're, you're not sure you can. Well, look, if I genuinely believe what you have could work, then I could find the money. I don't believe you. No, no, no. no. And then they're arguing with me. Right? Doesn't mean I'm going to win every time. I got to I got to point that out. This isn't uh, this isn't some Darren Brown mind trick where my job is to manipulate. All I'm trying to do is get to the truth, and the prospects are allowed to tell me any half truth or fib. There's nothing they cannot say. They can say they're the decision maker when they're not. They can say they're not the decision maker when they are. They can say it's urgent when it's not urgent. They can say it's not urgent when it is urgent. They can say they have budget when they have none. They can say they have no budget when they've got all the money in the world. There is literally nothing a prospect can't say to you that is beyond the pale. So because I know everything coming out of their mouth is a half truth with an exaggeration or an omission, I'm going to get to the truth. And if you tell me I think I could afford it, I'm not going to take that. I think that's not enough. When you say I think, you mean to say I'm pretty sure I can't afford it, didn't you? No, 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 no. We could afford it. I don't understand because two minutes ago. Yeah. So it's these are tough conversations. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to have this early because you're, you're' you're of the opinion that if they hear how beautiful your policy, is, our bollocks to the coffee.
0: That's exactly right. I tell I tell um the uh, salespeople in my office that these questions are going to be asked and answered, and it's up to you. is it going to be answered asked and answered up front or at the end? Because if it's answered at the end, it's never good. You know, it's never good. Not only that, when you ask them up front, you're kind of tying them down and they become liars if they change it at the end. You well, know, this is,
1: it's an integrity test too. I don't want to work with people. If, if you're going to lie to me uh, over this whole period, then I don't really want to work with you either. It's not going to help me. I mean, if I know you're lying to me by the end of this process, what are you not going to tell me that I'm going to need to know in order to give you the best cover? What are you going to hold back? Because mm-hmm. it could all invalidate. So we got to create trust. Trust doesn't come from being liked. Yeah, that's very important. Do you have to trust your lawyer to believe he can do a good job? No. Do you have to like your surgeon to believe they will not kill you? Yeah. No. In fact, most <laughs> professionals, you think, you know, the guy's a complete wanker, but my God, is he good in court? Cool. Oh, he's, he's just a pit bull. He's who you want on your side. Would you want to hang out with him? Nah, he's a complete tosser. Yeah. But in a courtroom... Yes, we have a
0: leading we have a leading heart surgeon here um, in Southern Illinois. He's nationally known and he's awesome. I'd want him to work on me, but he's a complete jerk. (laughs) I mean, he is the biggest ass, but I would want him to work
1: on me, you know. So it makes sense. This is it in salespeople. There's a difference between being liked and trying to be liked. So I don't say you go out of your way not to be liked. What I'm saying is you don't act in a manner trying to get someone to like you. That's why you do stuff for free. Oh, no, no, no. We'll come in and review it. We'll have a look at it. Because what were you taught growing up as a kid to win friends? Share your toys. Yeah, so I'll just share a little bit. And if I share a little bit, then they're going to like me. If they like me, they're going to buy from me. And my world is now complete. Most salespeople don't want to make money. They just want their emotional needs met.
0: A lot of truth in that. Wow. Um, here's another one. How do you say that and create trust on the phone
1: with a prospect? The easiest way to create trust is disarming honesty. That's why I tell them this is a sales call. Yeah. Rather than the, hi, how are you today? We're just doing some research. Oh, no, you're not doing some research. I mean, all of the crap that people are just checking in, you know, just touching base. <laughs> all the No. The read, there's only one reason you phoned me is you're trying to see if you can sell me something. So I go up front. Look, I'll be up front. This is a sales call. You can either hang up or let me have 30 seconds. What do you want to do? And some people say, I'll hang up. Fine. Some say, oh, go on then, have you 30 seconds. And then they let me have my 30 seconds. People say, but if they say no and hang up, aren't you losing an opportunity? What's the difference between phoning up and saying, hi, it's been maybe see company. How are you before we could have, so anyway, the reason I'm calling is because we had, ah, oh, shut up, get up, shut, or he just hangs. It's the same thing. You're just dragging it out for an extra 10 seconds. <laughs> so I don't care if people hang up on me. And like I said, I just phone back and say, we got cut off. What do I care? So what's the question again? I got sidetracked. Oh, hell
0: no. It was uh how do you say, and create that trust on the phone with the prospect? So like you, you said, just be honest, it. be transparent up front. Be
1: transparent. And then when I've done my 30 second bit, I then remind them. A lot of people forget to do this. So once I list the three things, so I'll phone up a CEO and I won't talk about me or anything I do. I'll only talk about what I fix. And I go, look, I work with a lot of CEOs in the insurance sector. They're doing well, but they're frustrated that they got insurance brokers that are reluctant or not motivated to pick up the phone. Others tell me, actually, they do pick up the phone, but to be honest, they struggle to get past gatekeepers or they don't sound like they belong. And a few say, I have none of those. My biggest problem is when we get in front of people, we're too quick to discount, drop our pants and we're kissing too many frogs. But I get the feeling you're going to tell me you don't recognize any of that in your business. Now, they only have to say yes or no. If he says, nah, don't have any of those, I say, fine. I don't say you should, you prick. What's wrong with you? You know, no, 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 no. I just move on. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm after the person that goes, no, I can, no, no, I can relate to that. And then well, of those three things, not picking up the phone, not getting past gatekeepers, or just discounting. If you can only fix one, what would you pick first? Ah, oh, it, would, it would have to be the not making calls. Oh, look, I've had my 30 seconds. Is it okay if we talk maybe for one more minute? Now they all say, yes, yeah, sure, because it kind of hooked. Because now we're talking about them and their world yeah occasionally someone mm-hmm. will throw out a question at this point well so what is it that you do well if i tell you do you promise to stop to hang up yeah you, you make light of it yeah okay. if i told you i'm a sales trainer you're going to tell me you don't need sales training though aren't you then i push them away then I either go no, no no i wouldn't say that or well i think we're doing okay by okay you meant to say perfect didn't you hmm. always be challenging always be pushing them it's physics that's all it is law of motion
0: Well, that's fantastic. I got a lot of things that I'm thinking about, uh, and uh, I'm glad some of my team was on here so that we can discuss this when we get back. Uh, Is anybody else? Oh, here's one. Uh, We have, do you ever double tap for folks who don't answer the first call?
1: I don't know what that means. I don't either. I don't know know what that means. Anybody?
0: So, like, if they don't answer the first uh, ring, do you for example, just leave a message or do you just not leave a message and you call back
1: oh, again? Gotcha, gotcha. I, I'll, say, I'll give you this. Everybody loves this because it's bloody good, right? It's called the voicemail cutoff. So this is what it's. A, if you're using a phone with a good old fashioned receiver, it's much easier. So all I'll do is whatever I can't get through, I'll say, put me through the voicemail then, thanks. So I always go through the voicemail for two reasons. A lot of people give you their cell phone number so I'll call a cell phone and I'm sure you're all, uh, yeah. So always have a pen handy. Second, I want to hear what they sound like because I'm big on personality profiling and you can tell a person's personality by their voice message. So a dominant personality just says, it's Benjamin, leave me a message. If it's a salesperson, it's, hi, Benjamin, sorry, I can't take your call today, leave me a message, I'll get back to you. You happy, clappy, tigger on speed. Yeah. <laughs> an HR direct, <laughs> An HR director is more like, I'm sorry I can't take your call. I'm in meetings all day, but I will get back to you as soon as possible. So that's a HR sort of steady related. And then you've got the competent, the accountants, the engineers and the solicitors. You phone through there and it's just mailbox six full. <laughs> the message. So you get to figure out the personalities, right? So personality is very important to me because once I know what they sound like, I know what I'm going to behave like. Gotcha. So when I get through, when I get through and I get the voicemail, I just, all I do is as I go, uh, Benjamin, Benjamin, it's Richard, my number's 079269-11033. Look, the reason I'm calling is I'm having a chat with a colleague of ours and they suggested that, and at some point I just hang up. <laughs> oh, I love do many. Do you know how many, the currency trade, he said, does that work? Next thing I know, I'm getting text messages from finance because I got your message on the tangent, call me. <laughs> because curiosity killed the cat. And I know this because I got in front of a CEO listed on the stock market here. And I did that to him. And at the end of the sales meeting, because we agreed to do some work together, I said to him, do you remember how I got here? He goes, no, what do you mean? I go, how was it that I got to be sitting in front of you today? He goes, well, you, you, you call- called me. I remember. I go, yeah, but what did I? He goes, that's why he goes, you left a message. I remember you left me a message. Yeah. I go, can I? He goes, he goes I do remember. And he goes, yeah, I phoned you back, didn't I? I said, yes. <laughs>
0: that's goes, good. I got to tell you, I'm using that shit.
1: Yeah. I got you. And I asked her, and this is a true story. I said to her, so I need to know, I need to know, because I think I know, but I need to hear it. Why mm. did you call me back? Because
0: you were with a colleague. You were with a colleague, someone mutual of mine. I'm thinking you can do something to help me out. So I'm going to call you back.
1: He's a bit more direct. He said, he goes, I thought to my, he goes, I heard your message and I thought either this guy's an idiot or maybe he's got something. He's, I didn't know which one it was. <laughs> I'll take that. Cause he phoned me back. back. <laughs> I look I've oh got. I have no pride. I have no ego. I have no shame. I don't care. I mean, for goodness sake, look at the hat. I mean, it's not so bad. But, yeah. But you know, I'm trying to
0: feed my family. That's what I'm doing. You know what is, I mean? No, yeah. No pride,
1: the worst that can happen is if someone hangs up on me. Mm hmm. That's the worst that can happen in the world of prospecting. So you're the voicemail cut off, it's got about a 40% callback rate. And the beautiful thing with that is, and this is why it's so good, if someone phones you back, what does it tell you about that person at that precise moment in time? They're free to talk. Because oh. no one phones you on the way to the toilet or into a meeting, so all the usual, I can't talk right now, I'm busy. And as soon as they phone, I know they're calling me back because I keep a track of who I've done this to. And then I just go as soon as I I, I go hello Benjamin speaking. I sound like them. I sound grumpy because I know I go hello Benjamin speaking. And they go oh, yeah Benjamin I I had a miss well I, I got a message from you but it cut out I go so who is this? <laughs> so I get to be like them. And they go it, it it's Richard at ABC. I go ah oh, oh Richard you are going to hate me. I was actually a sales call. I bet you're regretting calling me. But they go ah. Oh. I I said, do you want to hang up or let me have 30 seconds? No one can hang up on someone they phoned. <laughs> so they don't. They you don't call say, somebody and then <laughs> They can't hang up on you. So so they all say, uh, oh, no, no, go on then. I'm free at the moment. I know you're fucking free because you wouldn't have called me if you were Right? <laughs> then i do my bit and everyone that phones me back i always have good conversation with because they're never in a hurry they're never in a rush and they phone me so it's what i use it's the only. and way even if
0: they don't call you back immediately they can call you back two or three hours later but they're calling you back because they're free. freeing me back
1: yeah I, I like that it's not a magic bullet and it's not a hundred percent but if right. you get 40 percent, if you do this 10 times four of them will probably call you back that's the the ratio but that's four senior decision makers phoning you That's that's good. I'll take that statistically. It's a good number.
0: We have a set hard in fact rule here. One o'clock is is when we got to go and we're a little bit past it. But for you, it's always worth it, Benjamin. Benjamin, (laughs) I'll definitely talk to you again. Maybe some of these people will. We will see you in New Orleans. Looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, everybody. I do appreciate, sorry once again for going over. I know I try to stick to that. It's always day one, you know, always, never. Until next time. I believe in you every time. I'll see you guys later.